Today's intro was Bob Marley's Sun is Shining. Welcome to Cocoa Butter and Sunshine. I'm the host, Drea Siobhan. It is Thursday, April 20th, or as the kids like to say, 420. Today's show is dedicated to all the smokers and tokers that I know. No names needed. This is judgment-free zone as your homegirl, your sister, and your friend. So let's start the show. So let's start with a weekly wrap-up of what happened in America this past week. This past week was tax week. Tuesday, April 18th was the deadline to file your taxes. If you're like me, you're an early filer because you borrowed the government some money and now you need your money back. And our sentiments of early filers is, I need that money. So yeah, we're going to need that little loan back. And this past week, we also had tax marches nationwide in every city and every state for a call for y'all president to release his taxes. But of course he didn't, and he probably won't because he has conflicts of interest and doesn't donate to charities. That is my theory. I'm just waiting for one of them IRS staff to get frustrated and release his taxes and just go rogue. But we all know that if that were to happen, they would be prosecuted at the highest extent of the law because of the position of this man. So let's talk politics. My interest in politics are our tax dollars go to these individuals to uh, serve and to influence lawmakers. Mary Patricia Hector, 19 year old woman of color, ran for city council in the city of Stonecrest in Georgia. We have to support our youth, but we also have to support people of color running for office. She lost by only 22 votes. Now I know there are barriers to voter registration. However, we have to get more people of color actively voting. Now there's transportation issues, there's felons who can't vote, there's voter ID issues, but we as a people have to be more active in this process and getting our cousins, our friends, our the people that we work with to actively vote. In the city of Ferguson, Black City Councilwoman Ella Jones was running against white incumbent Mayor James Knowles. Now, this is the same city that Mike Brown was murdered in. And he won by 57%, whereas she had 43%. And that's disheartening for a city that is predominantly African-American to have the same process and not show up in numbers. We have to show up in numbers in order for us to thrive within the U.S. That's my take on politics for this week. Let's talk about the simpleton known as Bill O'Reilly, who is known for his vile commentary on Fox. 
Well, 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 they released him finally after sponsors dropped and it was made known Fox paid $13 million to dispute sexual harassment allegations. I knew as soon as he started talking about Maxine Waters' hair that he would be out because you can't talk about black women in their hair. The first thing that came to mind was this. Yeah, you fuck around and get a rip put on your ass. And here's a clip of Auntie Maxine and her words to Bill O'Reilly. And let me just say this. I'm a strong black woman and I cannot be intimidated. I cannot be undermined. I cannot be thought uh, to be a friend of Bill O'Reilly or anybody. And I'd like to say to women out there everywhere, don't allow these right wing talking heads, these dishonorable people to intimidate you or scare you. Be who you are, do what you do, and let us get on with discussing the real issues of this country. And the gist of that is to say, do not come for black women in our hair. It will not work in your favor. Have you ever watched black Twitter? Have you ever gone on Twitter and encountered a group of black women all together? Well, try it. Try to say anything against us, just one, and it will not work in your favor because we are a unit and we are a group. So with that being said, Bill O'Reilly and all his cronies, it didn't work in your favor. Now, I wouldn't get too excited about Bill being released because I feel like he is going to make himself a, some form of comeback, right? Because what happens is these sponsors distance themselves. The company Fox may distance themselves. But he is going to show up in some way, shape, or form. Because everything is going digital. Everything is online. So sooner or later, he will have some type of podcast, some type of internet show. And he will come back. He already got a severance package. And he also got a buyout, I believe. I think it was like $25 million or something like that. So I don't think he's really going too far. So as excited as we all are about him not being on Fox News anymore, I just don't see him uh, going too far. Just like with Paula Dean having a controversial topic come up um, using the N-word and then she made her come back in a resurgence of being on TV. So don't get too excited. I don't think he's going too far. Being in the media for so many different years, Mr. O'Reilly definitely has a base. He has people who agree with him, who support him, and want to hear what he has to say. So that's why I don't think he's going too far. So we can't get too excited about his departure. So let's talk about the internet. Because I will put some stuff on here about stuff that happens online. Because I think it's important. And that's where everybody seems to live now. I remember a time when I was like the only black person on the internet in my neighborhood, which is kind of crazy. But now it's like the whole hood and a whole bunch of drama. So let's talk about the Facebook live murderer, Steve Stevens. This issue was to me, it could have been prevented. And people will say there's a mental health issue there. No, that's evil. This pure evil. There are conspiracy theorists who said it was fake and it's a cover up for something else that's bigger that we don't know of because it was held on Easter. We don't know. But we're going to talk about some things that irritated me with Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now, as soon as this video was uploaded, it should have been removed. Or more or less when it was reported. Because they have the ability to do that. And I have a technical background, so I know that it's possible as soon as it was reported. Now, I didn't watch the entire video. I just heard about it. 
As soon as I saw that, I started reporting it because I don't want to see that. I don't want that in my spirit and I hope you don't either. Because that is someone's family member and nobody wants that type of karma on them to see something like that. Well, I personally don't. So my issue is with Facebook. And I don't know if you know this, is that Facebook acquired Instagram in 2012. Facebook acquired 60 different companies uh, since its inception. To me, they appear to anybody who is competition to them, they swoop that company up. If it's a threat to their brand, combine it with what they do. So they have an algorithm. And I don't know if you guys know about this, but these algorithms look at data points. So a lot of people will say certain things like Facebook. I don't go on Facebook. I only go on Instagram. Well, they're owned by the same company. So you sound silly. What frustrates me is the people who kept uploading them. That's kind of irritating to me because don't you see other people as human? Why would you want somebody's grandfather's to be murdered online? Why would you show that? My problem is with this generation sensationalizing violence or the media of itself. Because I couldn't believe the amount of women who were sharing the video. I hold us at a higher standard. My issue is with Facebook's community standards because after I reported it, they said that the video did not violate their community standards. What? Say what? So someone being murdered online does not go against their community standards. In this past week, they had their F8 conference and it was held. They had some stuff here in Austin that I was going to attend. But because I am against the way that they handled the situation with their community standards and the reporting, I decided not to attend. I was against it. I'm saying, you know, if you can't do simple stuff to protect people from from viewing violence online, then I don't want to be a part of that. So those are my issues with what happened this past week with that, with the company, because like I said, Facebook owns Instagram and Twitter, you know, could have prevented it too. People reported, you know, Mr. Godwin's grandson went online saying, do not retweet this video. That's simple. That's humane, you know, not to share some somebody's family being victimized. I feel they have control. Facebook has control over the content that are on pages. When there are celebrities who have pictures up on Instagram, they automatically shut that down and say, this hashtag can't be shown because of whatever issue. I feel like they have control over that and they didn't do that. And so I have a problem with that. I have a problem with also with the people who are sharing it. Because like I said, this generation seems like they want to be the first to, I want to be the first to share. I want other people to see it. It's just like when someone eats something that tastes disgusting, they're like, oh, taste this, it's disgusting. No, don't, don't nobody want to taste that. Don't nobody want to see that. So don't share that. And don't be that person. Because for me, it's about ethics and morals. Being a person who was raised by their grandparents, I would never in my life, when it comes to children and when it comes to the elderly, you pull at my heartstrings and that's not something that I want to see. So my, my other point with that is be careful who you date. This guy, the young lady who started dating this guy probably didn't even know he was that unstable. So you have to be mindful, especially us women and men have to be mindful of who we date, their mental stability and their coping skills, because that right there 
You never know who a person is. So be careful and mindful of who you date. And for me, I always ask to protect me from evil because we never know. Evil reveals itself in different forms. And so you could be at the wrong place at the wrong time. Anything could happen. So let's talk pop culture this past week. The first weekend of Coachella was held in California. I'm a festival girl. I go to festivals all the time. But this festival, Lauren Hill showed up. Miss Lauren Hill is my muse. She got me through my sophomore year of college. I love her to death. But the crowd was silent and no one was singing along. I watched this online because, of course, I can't afford to go to California. I feel this younger crowd and generation doesn't understand what they were just blessed with. But Miss Hill does have a history of not showing up on time and is still playing music she made 20 years ago. So she may have just lost one. Let's talk about Beyonce's Freedom Song being in from her Lemonade album being in the Apple commercial. Now, the song is about freedom, right? Against oppression. But Apple is a capitalistic company. So it just seemed a little awkward to me. Maybe it's just me. I'm not against her getting her money, but it just seemed a little bit odd. Also, Serena Williams is 20 weeks pregnant. I'm so happy for her to go into this next phase of her life. It is a joy to see women of my generation, my age, be so focused on their career and go into this next phase and have to juggle both. It gives me inspiration and hope for my future. But I do understand that these women have money and a lot of help to juggle those two things. Tomorrow is the anniversary of Prince's death. He died April 21st, 2016. I will be blowing purple kisses to all of you tomorrow and I will be in rare form listening to all of his music and tomorrow's also my baby cousin Brayden's birthday happy birthday Brayden I hope you enjoy your 18th birthday and that was the wrap up and here's a little 420 mix as we go on to our second half of the show talk about it
lighter. Give me some brew and I might just chill. But I'm the type that likes to light another joint like Cypress Hill. I still do these pillowies when I puff on it. I got some bucks on it, but it ain't enough on it. Go get the S T I D E S. Nevertheless, I'm hella fresh, rolling joints like a cigarette. So pass it across the table like ping pong. I'm gone, beating my chest like King Kong. It's on, wrap my lips around the phony. And when it comes to getting another soggy, fools all kick in like Shinobi. Know me ain't my homie to begin with. It's too many hands to be popping at my friend hit bit. Unless you pull out the fat crispy. Five dollar bill on the real before it's history. Cause fools be having a vacuum lungs. And if you let them hit it for free, you hella dumb. Dumb, dumb. I come to school with a tailor on my earlobe. Avoiding all the flick teasers, skeezers, and weirdos. Got me throwing off the land like with a bomb at. Give me two bucks, you take a puff and pass my bomb back. Suck up the dank like a slurpee. The serious bomb will make the nigga go delirious like Eddie Murphy. I got more going pains than Maggie. Cause homies nag me to take the dank out of the bag. Butter and Sunshine. I'm the host Drea Siobhan. I hope you enjoyed that 420 mini mix. So let's get into the second portion of our show. 
So on our talk about it portion of the show, I will bring up a topic of the week or interview someone that I find interesting. And this week I chose to talk about marijuana because of course it's 420. So let's talk about it. There are four points that I want to hit on as we talk about this subject. The criminalization, the stigma, the benefits, and the money. In order to prepare for this show, I had to do some research. I went on the ACLU, which is the American Civil Liberties website, and found some data because I don't want to be the person who talks about a subject when I haven't researched it. So here's some data from their website. According to the ACLU, marijuana arrests now account for half of all drug arrests in the United States. Between 2001 and 2010, there were 8.2 million marijuana arrests. Nationwide, the arrest data revealed one consistent trend, racial bias. Despite roughly equal usage rates, black people are four times more likely to be arrested for marijuana possession. Within the states of Iowa, Minnesota, and Illinois, black people are 7.5 to 8.5 times more likely to be arrested. I'm sure that they are being profiled because there's not a high concentration of African-American or black people within those states. Within Minneapolis, Minnesota, within Chicago, Illinois, you might see a high concentration of people of color because they're inner cities. But in rural areas of those states, being from the north, I know that there are not a lot of people of color. Each year, 3.6 billion, billion people, I'm talking about high dollar, is spent on enforcing marijuana laws. They're not arresting kingpins. They're arresting people who have small amounts of marijuana or who smell like marijuana. And these people are utilizing marijuana for various reasons. So let's talk about the stigma as it relates to marijuana. So let me read to you the definition of stigma. Stigma is defined as the experience of being deeply discredited or marked due to one's undesired differentness. To be stigmatized is to be held in contempt, shunned, or rendered socially invisible because of a socially disapproved status. Individuals who smoke weed are seen as lazy, misfits, utilizing marijuana as a gateway drug to get to the next level. So let me tell you about the time that my views on who's the type of person who smokes, as well as the time that I was extremely uncomfortable all happened in one night. So as I told you before, I'm a festival person because I love music. And one year there was a huge artist that I love and wanted to be in the VIP section for because I wanted to hear his music. So I decided to buy this VIP badge so I can attend, learn that I would be in a private section. I'm hanging out in with a bunch of CEOs, tech people, celebrities, which included singers and actors. And it was pretty interesting because they came from all different parts of the United States of America and predominantly white environment. So these were some of the wealthiest, most powerful people that I've encountered. So I'm sitting at a picnic table listening to music. There's police all around us. Um, And so I'm sitting at a table and a group just decides to sit at the picnic table because mine was the only one that was empty. So these people, this group of older people, very professional, sat down. And they started to talk and drink just like I was drinking. But then all of a sudden, one of the guys pulls out a joint and starts smoking it. Now, again, the police are to my left and to my right. They're all around us. And they're ensuring that people don't get in the VIP section who aren't supposed to because of these celebrities. Now, this made me so uncomfortable because I couldn't believe what was happening with the police right there. So I get uncomfortable But of course, I don't say anything because I'm just like, okay, this is really happening. So 
I'm like, where do I, I can't go to another table because every table is full and it's really packed back here. But in my mind, I started to think if that was a group of black celebrities or just a group of black people in general, would this scene have ended differently? Because the police weren't there to enforce any laws. They were there just to make sure that everyone had a good time and the people who weren't supposed to be back there, who didn't pay to get back there, didn't get back there. So that was one of my times where I really, the views of who smoked really changed for me. Because all these people who were back in this VIP section, high level professionals. So my views on marijuana changed after watching a story on CNN on Charlotte Fiji, who was a five-year-old at the time who was suffering from Dravet syndrome. With that syndrome, she was having 300 seizures per week. She had a lot of developmental delays. And so her family decided to go to Colorado and reach out to a bunch of growers who are known as the Stanley Brothers. Now the Stanley Brothers came up with a strand that was named for Charlotte that is to help individuals who suffer from seizures. So there's the CBD and there's a THC. The difference between THC and CBD is that THC is for relaxation, alter senses of sight, smell, and hearing, fatigue, hunger, and reduced aggression. Well, CBD, the effects of that is a reduction of psychoactive symptoms, relief from convulsions and nausea, decreased anxiety, and decreased, decreased inflammation. So the strand that was named for Charlotte, it's called Charlotte's Web, and it's, again, it's by the Stanley Brothers in Colorado who are a group of growers. This is to help young kids who are suffering from seizures. Now, there's several different reasons why people use marijuana. There's people who have, who have lots of physical pain. There's people who have glaucoma, of course, depression, anxiety. These are why people utilize it, but also for the slowing of the growth of cancer cells, you know, just recreationally, just because they want to, and that's what they do. And they're entitled to do that. But I'm more in our country right now. A lot of pills are being pushed onto people. And I think it will alleviate the number of people who are getting addicted to heroin. And a lot of people who are getting addicted to painkillers. Because if you look at it, a lot of the times when you go to a doctor, they're trying to prescribe you some type of medication for pain. So if you look on the back of a ibuprofen bottle or anison bottle or any type of over-the-counter drug you will see that there's side effects there's side effects with everything so i'm not promoting the usage of marijuana i'm just giving facts and information because i thought it would be a great topic to talk about so let's talk about the finances because i think it goes hand in hand with the criminalization of marijuana because as i told you before Blacks are four times more likely to be arrested for possession of marijuana. Then we talk about those legalized states. Because of prior convictions, they're oftentimes not allowed to participate in open dispensaries and growing and making a profit off of marijuana. So is it a war on drugs that Nixon was talking about in 1971 when he declared that? Or is it a war on black people? There's a company called Healthy Heady Lifestyle, which is pitching itself as the Mary Kay of Mary Jane. So they're having these parties in their homes and it's all about smoking marijuana. But if a black woman, now these are predominantly white women doing this, if this was a group of black women doing this, 
that operation would get shut down as soon as it started. Trust me. So black people are being shut out of America's boom of marijuana being sold when we're disproportionately arrested and targeted for the war on drugs. And you talk about opening a dispensary, you're talking about lots of fees and being put on your record that you are a grower. More than likely that the legalization came in states that are predominantly white so far, Colorado and Washington. Those aren't states where you have a high concentration of black people. So Damian Marley just bought a California prison and he is trying to turn that into a grow farm so that he can sell to different dispensaries. Now Whoopi Goldberg has also opened up a cannabis type shop where she's selling products for women for menstrual cramps and things of that nature. So there are two black people that are celebrities in some way, shape, or form who are getting within the cannabis industry. And I'm sure there's probably more. I know Killer Mike was doing something as it relates to that, getting involved in dispensaries. Also, check out our social media accounts for giveaways. I will be giving away three books this week, one by Charlemagne the God, his book Black Privilege, also Kelly Rowland's book, Whoa, Baby? Gabourey Sibide's book, This Is Just My Face. That's a wrap to today's show. This has been Cocoa Butter and Sunshine, episode three. All about the Mary Janes and the tweeds. So thank you guys for listening. I hope you hit the subscribe button. If you have any suggestions or concerns, please email me at CocoaButterAndSunshine at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at CocoaButterSun. And remember, even when it's cloudy outside, the sun is still shining. Bye.